An H-bomb explosion starts. An explosion. They did eat every herb of the land. been a while <laughs> you know uh some of you may remember us i'm some done. of you some of you uh somebody will remember us after we're done with this i would hope i'm very rusty <laughs> very rusty uh this is darwin's family crest and it's been about a month and i've been soul searching i've been uh Thinking about a lot of music, my friend, mm. and I want to I I, uh, I want to start something new. Okay. Um, I I I loved our Darwin's Family Crest episode called Heavy Metal Parking Lot, and you know I I feel like that was quintessential us recording. So I'm going to pause it that we're going to start pitching songs to each other and uh, giving some info on the songs and such and, uh, you know, maybe gain some fans of new music that they've never heard. I don't think you heard my choice this time beforehand, but I'd say you're probably a fan now. Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't. I not, not before, especially not before Woodstock 99. No, uh, <laughs> I uh, I'm just going to jump into it. I picked a Trivium song. Um, I want to talk about Trivium, the band, a little bit. Trivium, I they hit my radar right about when the first album came out, but they never really punched me in the face and so why don't we why don't we talk about why don't we talk about the song we'll look at the song here the um you're so like what is what what song has compelled you to do a dfc presents an offshoot of dfc 20 heavy metal parking lot so um, I doubt that it's going to be at this point. It's not going to be someone that was part of Woodstock uh, 99 because oh, these guys were kids then, yeah. like and, literally probably in middle school at that point. And that would make this episode a train wreck because Woodstock 99 was literally probably a shit fire with uh, strokes and uh for the place, porta-potties at this point. So. Yeah. So, Trivium. Trivium. Um, the song is called Down From The Sky. It's from their fourth album, Shogun. And um, this song, just the first time I heard it, it punched me right in the mouth. And this was before I even knew what the screaming lyrics were and everything. And if something lyrically can hit me before I even know what the hell the man's saying, I'm going to dig in. Yeah. So, 
the thing that made this song punch me in the head is uh, I went to a Mayhem Festival. Uh, just any given festival, you know what I mean? It, it's just, I think Slipknot was headlining it. I think Slayer was on that tour and stuff. I saw on that same tour, that's the same show I rolled my ankle to an In Flames song, which is also future song I want to do on this show. Um, in the pit, I rolled my ankle and somebody stomped it. So uh, that was not very beneficial for my ankle. So um, me and my friends hobbled up the hill to hear the start of the main stage, which was Trivium. And as I started saying, I, I knew of Trivium, but it wasn't really the draw for me at that point. Sure. Uh, it was 2011, so this song was already out for several years at that point. And I, by all rights, should have heard this song because it was a single. It was... It was on radio, apparently. There's a music video. It was pretty heavily promoted, but I had never heard this song. So I'm walking up the hill, fucking hobbling up the hill because I rolled my ankle. And um, I could see the clouds in the distance starting to roll over like it's going to rain. And, uh, you know, it's festival weather so it's summertime it's like maybe it'll cool off this humidity a little bit but even from the lawn i could tell that this band has it that it factor like they were very well mixed for the opener of the main stage you could understand them very well from the lawn and everything and you know i listened to a couple songs and you know we were just shooting the shit and everything and down from the sky, he announced it. Matt, the lead singer, announced uh, this is an old single, Down from the Sky. We're going to play for you now. This is our last song. And So it, it was closing. It was a closing song. Then, it right? was their closer of the set. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to really focus in on this because, I mean, I haven't wanted to leave the area while they're playing. I should focus in see if i want to dig in further on trivium and um i'm gonna play the song after like in post-production and everything so everybody can tell what i'm talking about but there's like a very driving thrash metal intro and from the second he hit that intro i was hooked okay and i have to flip over to a different screen um i didn't know what he was singing i didn't know the words like i know them now and everything but um there's a lot of like melody and then screaming like metal vocals and everything and then the actual chorus is him singing like amazingly I've opened up my my eyes. I've seen the world for what it's worth, and tears rain down from the sky. And at that moment, Derek, I swear to God, the clouds opened up, and it just started raining on us. And it, it didn't even mean what it means to me now in that moment, in the moment. But when I went home and I read the lyrics, and 
this song is anti-war and it's about us just being a cog in the machine and run through the propaganda machine and everything and at that point it just felt like divine intervention retrospectively to look back on that moment and it's like holy shit he's saying those words and it started raining on us what is this world doing to itself you know and like like gibberish turned into like retrospective only after the case yeah ex post facto but yeah it was a moment in my life that i will never forget because just when it all fell into place and i read the lyrics to the song i haven't stopped listening to it since it's just one of those songs that every time it gets on my uh shuffle i find myself replaying it a couple times because it's just so intense to me you know yeah, and you definitely sent this, you know, you've obviously sent this video to me, and I've had my time to reflect on it as well. Um, I don't want to get too far away from your experience right this second, because there's a lot there, and I, there's a lot good there. Uh, the one thing I want to put into perspective right now is that, like, you put a lot into just getting to go see them at that point. Like, mm-hmm. after rolling your ankle you walked up a hill to see them. Like, do you put anything into that particular, I don't want to say that trek. Like, I don't want, I mean, cause again, I don't, I wasn't in your, I wasn't in your body. I wasn't in your shoes, but I mean, you were in some discomfort at that point. So like, was there some validation to hearing that song during that point, given what you had went through at that point? Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, there's not another song. I don't even, we were talking beforehand about speculative who I think might've been on that show. I don't remember another performance from the whole night, except for this particular song. And that's just the way music will hit you sometimes that it'll get its barbs into you. And that was nine years ago. And I still regularly listen to Trivium now and they just keep getting stronger and stronger and lyrically amazing. And I mean, not to deviate from the song at hand, but they just put out a new single for a forthcoming album. And I must've watched that video like 10 times in a row. It's just everything they put out is gold standard anymore. And Matt Heafy, the lead singers, like it's pretty obvious to see that we're derivative of Metallica and Iron Maiden and stuff before us. But I think we're doing a pretty good homage of it, you know? Sure. Um, So, again, so much there. Uh, But uh, you did hint uh, there is a new single out. Um, I'm looking at April of 2020 for a new Trivium album. Yeah, it's the quickest I ever pre-ordered an album. I uh, oh yeah. I think it was last Friday the single came out, and I got on iTunes and saw that they only wanted $8 for the album, and I bought it on the spot. And it's just like that, in a roundabout way, comes back to this song. Because they put out some fucking scorchers before this song. 
and since this song, but this song was my linchpin for Trivium. This was the song that said to me, this is a band. I will buy everything they put out now, you know? So, yeah, and I'm looking at this and I, I think that one thing that seems to be consistent here is the continuity of the lead vocals. And, and, uh, you know, Matt, I, I think it's, is it Heafy or is it Heffy? I don't really want to do this to him. Yeah, I don't either. I, uh, I should have looked into that a little bit more cause I've been passively listening to them since, uh, the ascendancy album and heavily listening to them since in waves came out. But, um, yeah, so I'm not it, sure. It looks it looks like he is. Um, it looks like he had this project uh, in 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 place. I guess before this particular century started. Uh, looks like he had something in place in uh, in '99, uh, coming out of Orlando, Florida. Uh, he was a fucking kid, you know. Yeah, he's he, still. He was a, yeah, he's a baby. I mean. You know, I I don't know too many people listening to this aren't babies in '99 at that point, but yeah, I I mean like, <clears throat> oh my god, and just to uh, just to dwell on him for a second, he was 19 years old when um, the fabled DFC fans uh, probably have heard allusions to, which we're gonna dig into way way deeper uh in this series the fabled roadrunner united project roadrunner united for those that don't know uh roadrunner records took i think they said 40 of their musicians and started like a gym class uh they picked four captains and the captains each had to put out five songs i think and hefe was 19 years old when they picked him as one of the captains just from the weight of the first two trivium albums and that to me that just says how amazing trivium is how amazing this man is as a singer you know yeah you'd have to check you'd have to check the uh the the actual date on that collab but yeah it was it was sort of like heavy metal heavy metal intramural which is so like novel uh, for this type of format, like, you know, why doesn't this happen more? Like, like, you know, uh, why doesn't, um, you know, why does the lead singer of Lamb of God sing suicide silent songs more often? Like, oh my God. Like what? Like, like again, <laughs> not to tangent, but could be an episode at this oh, point. Oh, it will be an episode. The, the other captains and, uh, anybody that knows me, Randy, Blythe. No, not yeah. Randy. Rob Flynn from Machine Head, lead singer, lead guitarist. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Matt from Trivium. Joey yeah. Jordison from Slipknot, the uh, not original. I don't think he was the original drummer, but the when they broke through the stratosphere, Joey was the dude. And Dino from Fear Factory, the guy that's big as a house that just he pretty much invented blast beats on his uh, seven string Ibanez, you know, and to be within those other three at his age at the time, just amazing. Yeah. You almost think that it's, um, you know, that's your, that's your, fa that's your, uh, your up and coming draft, but you're in the fantasy draft in a way like, yeah. for him. 
at that point. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, I like even even just, like, he's a newcomer to Roadrunner, you know, only got there in 04, mm-hmm. you know? And, it, it, but, again, the fact that they were able to keep, I mean, even with the nine pieces that Trivium's, like, kind of cycled in and out, it's largely been drums. Like the the uh, the the dirty the dirty vocals and the guitar. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's Corey been, and Matt have been yeah, there yeah, since yeah. the start, since high yeah. school, I think. Yeah, and 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 Paulo has been there been there since the start too. He's the clean vocals for for when they do them. Yeah. So, you know, look, I I don't I'm not I'm certainly not going to step on your time, but when when I heard this song the first time, I. I wanted to have even before because you sent me a voice clip about like the whole captioning of the festival scene. And I wanted to have that. And like when I watched the video, the video almost took me from it because I almost wanted that ambiguity. I wanted my mind to kind of just kind of play, just play racquetball a little bit, just Mm -hmm. bounce bounce that bounce that music off your head you know bounce like different like hit different episodes um that 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 are willing to replay in your brain you know just just different stills different different full life things and i mean i got a little bit of that um and i you know again we haven't done this in a minute but i've had a little bit of a difficult week and i'm not gonna i'm trying not to drag this into the whole thing but um I think my week sort of impacted how this song impacted me. And I, you know, when we first talked about this, my first reaction was that my face went numb. Yeah. Yeah. And for most people, that's a scary reaction. It's not for me. Um, it's, it's, yeah, uh, that was it's my first reaction to you is numb good or numb bad. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, you want to hope I'm not having a stroke, and you want to hope that you know we could do more than one episode of this. I guess that was uh, the next thing I said was time lost is brain lost, my dude. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I, I know, and you know. Meanwhile, like I, I've, I've forgotten how I've forgotten like you know two thirds of the Greek alphabet and how to make Jiffy Pop. But uh, you know what. What made what made sense to me was wanting to listen to the song again, and and what I did was I made my brain busy in other ways. So I put the song on and I just made my brain busy. You know, I did other things. I I I'm pretty sure. I, weirdly, I think I was either cooking or I was cleaning up the kitchen. Something something that was comforting. Something that I didn't have to think about where I could just center on the music, and. It really like it's one of those it's one of those songs that the the music itself I like it it's very identifiable for a time period. Oh, um, yeah. It's a it's a it's 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 um you know you can find lichen bands, uh you know but the you know the tracks are what set the bands apart from the lichen bands and you don't you don't find these types of tracks and the stories that people have about these 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 tracks every day um well i mean like this is apropos to nothing but 
do you think these guys when they got together and uh or like even before they got together when matt's covering a metallica song at his eighth grade talent show do you think he ever thought the trivium when they were as young as they were were gonna go on a world tour in support of metallica and iron maiden like these fucking guys set the standard for him to do what he's doing and i I think Trivium definitely steps outside of that mold that was initially cast for them because because of the aggro lyrics, because of the aggro, uh, just the angry vocals. James never does the screaming in Metallica. So you could say he's playing thrash metal in the vein of Metallica, but Trivium is not Metallica. So even if you don't like Metallica, even if you've never heard Trivium, I implore you to check out this song because <sighs> read along with the lyrics. It it might not mean anything to you unless you're reading along, but at that point, that's when they got their fucking hooks in me. Yeah. Now, I'm not, again, I'd, I'd hate to try to get into the mind of someone that's writing... For, you know, for a song that's as driven as, you know, as as down from the sky. Like, I don't want to be I like I don't want to be in that headspace where I have to like I have to re like recreate the, you know, that the, the passion in the studio. And then I don't want to say fake it for the road, but just to, to have to get back to that headspace to do that at, at the festivals, you know, yeah. not to mention in the rain, not to mention, you know, like this isn't, I mean, again, from Florida, I, I where did you see the show? Where was the festival? It was in Burgettstown right outside of Pittsburgh. Okay. So, all right. So you're talking, you're talking, I, I don't know, eight States away, yeah. maybe 10, 12, you know, that, the, the the, I mean, you know, again, never, never mind the setup. Never mind what else is going on. This is a song you're closing with. Oh, and... for sure. They still do from time to time. Like I, I've seen them since, and they ended with "Down with the Sky," oh, "Down from the Sky," and I'm just like, yeah, that that plays. You know, albums yeah. later, they're still ending with this song, and it's because it's a fucking scorcher, man. You know. Yeah. And and I I mean I I guess I guess the fortunate piece though is that again three of the four of them were able to stay together you know the drum has sort of has sort of rotated out I I, I think I may have had the wrong drummer at the time I thought I had uh, Nick Augusto for the for the uh, for the drummer for that for that song but it could be wrong uh, but it, again I, I, and we're talking a, a, this is this is a this is a ballad like you it, don't, it looks. Like, and and I am this is gonna be a uh, fact checking pod because I don't want to come off stupid like I have in the past with this stuff. Uh, Shogun it looks like is the last release to feature all four original members of the band. So the drummer was Travis Smith, and that's that that tracks for me too because you could tell that they put everything into this album. It's still my favorite Trivium album. I mean. Front to back, this album scorches, man. Well, I mean, the the most interesting thing, I mean, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna close on this because I you obviously need to be closing on this song at this point. But I, have you noticed? Because I'm seeing that that uh, that the Matt he, the Matt he, Heafy or Heffy he he seems to have some Japanese roots. Um, See, you, 
that was one more thing I wanted to touch on. And with the lyrical components of this song, when he's saying stuff like annihilate all those who stand in their way, obliterate, and they'll rain their Holocaust down from the sky, he knows. He's family history in Japan. I mean, he knows the cost of war, you know, or dropping fucking bombs from the sky. And it's just that that further cemented it for me to know that he has history back home you know and it's just good god that was definitely another thing for me you know sure and i mean because apparently it wasn't just from shogun though like uh, he's featured in a couple of albums uh I don't have it brought up, but I guess there was an album in 2010 that came up uh, that that uh, they use. Um, it seems like the albums that they use a lot of the seven string guitar, mm-hmm. uh, they, te- they they tend to have uh, more of the uh, it's not it's certainly not poetry. But like but like the it seems like a, like the Japanese kind of thing. It seems to be like a lot of strong statement. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's not necessarily like like melodic lyrical quality but it's more like okay so there's this there's this stance that i'm taking and i and i and i'm gonna set my fucking hat down on this stance or for this song like for this track you know for this moment or or like even for this entire album like for again seven string shogun like you know you're going japanese hard on it yep so and Crusade was very heavily with that. They had all kinds of koi and stuff in their uh, album art and stuff. I mean, there's a song called Becoming the Dragon and stuff. It, Yeah, that album's really interesting. Just to side note to another favorite of ours, Skinned. They did a lot of um, true crime content on their Crusade album. Anything from... Uh, Andrea Yates murdering all of her children and uh, the murder of Matthew Shepard is in one of the song contents for the crusade, which is just like, you know, the further I dig, the more I like this band. And I think people should give them more of a shot. They should be superstar uh, status rather than, you know, they're, they're right at the precipice. They, they're doing fine, but they should be, through the stratosphere by now well they're definitely starving their fans at this point like the uh the 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 amount of content against the amount of like just buzz around this band is i mean it's it's almost unsatisfying you know whenever if you get three new songs from them you're like oh fuck there's other ep (laughs) <laughs> that I can't new here at this point. Like one more thing I'll say about Trivium and then we'll take a break and I'll play the song and uh, we'll jump into your choice. Um, there's a song, a cover on vengeance falls, which came out in 13. Um, it's on the special edition. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, on the special edition, they put out a cover of Skulls and We Are 138 by The Misfits. And I think I've said in the past, I think almost every Misfits cover is better than the original run of The Misfits. Yeah. And this is no exception. It is 
an amazing cover. And if you've uh, listened to this far with Trivium content and you happen to like the Misfits, go check out their cover Skulls and We Are 138 because it's just, it it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, and again, I can't, that's one I can't endorse. Uh, but again, I will endorse the Misfits uh, till time stops. I definitely haven't heard that cover. Uh, but I do trust, I mean, I, I trusted, I trusted the trivium reference from my partner here and he's, uh, he's driven one home, uh, for this one. So again, go out and find that cover for us, please. All right, bud down from the sky, I'm going to play it and we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after that.
So not to drop off uh, from uh, the uh, uh, Trivium Handjob uh, episode that we're doing already at this point. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, this, you know, this is about, you know, this is about metal impacting our lives um, for one reason or another. And maybe this isn't um, in in the in the epic, uh, you know, like hand of Christ uh, down from the lightning uh, t- sort of situation. But um, it might involve lightning. So stay tuned uh, real quick. Um, so uh, I, uh, I during during my trials and tribulations, I, I, I spent uh, spent a period of time working at FYE. Um, and we were barraged stupidly um, by just absolutely patronizing um, the promotional music that we were supposed to listen to. So um, we had a, we, we had an, a, a, an employee that would um, they would dub off all of the um, the uh, the albums uh, that were as part of the promotional. And instead of listening to the promotional tracks, we would listen to the entire tracks, what we liked from them, what we didn't like from them, and that kind of thing. Instead of playing, you get what I dig, like it, like instead oh, of yeah. playing like a, like a like a now volume garbage, you're listening to, well, like like my two cents there is we had uh, uh, Punkamania albums we would pick up, me and my buddies we would pick up at Hot Topic. They were like two dollars or something, or Punkarama. There I can't you go. remember what it, I think it was Punkorama, but it was like uh, a lot of unsigned shit, and then you might have like a fucking uh, Jesus Christ, like you'd have a Pennywise song, and then you'd have like a, a Bouncing Souls song in there or something. So you'd have a couple well-established things, and then you'd have a bunch of shit you'd never heard. And there was songs that I still love that nobody's ever heard of because they were only on those demo albums. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't I didn't hear my first. I heard my first. Uh, 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 Taking Back Sunday song on a Punkarama uh, CD, um, which uh, doesn't belong, in case no. you're curious, on a Punkarama CD. But um, they put a lot of stuff on there that didn't belong. So I also heard my first Hidden in Plain View uh, song on there, which uh, at this point, I don't know if it's metal, but I will be getting into Hidden in Plain View at some point. Um you know, it's... No, no. Let me let me just interject this right in the middle of the episode. Heavy metal parking lot is more of an idea rather than it has to be metal because I have a Pearl Jam song that I'm very shortly going to be dropping on this crowd that is probably the most downbeat Pearl Jam song I've ever heard. But lyrically, it punches me in the heart. So I want to, and it's not Yellow Lead better, but. Um, <laughs> Because like everybody's like, oh, yellow lead better now. Um, I'm not gonna spoil it yet, but it's more of a, um, you know, like an ideal. We wanna, we wanna drive you into seeing live shows and hang out in the parking lot beforehand, you know? Yeah, I mean, because to be fair, I mean, because again, you. You said that's a may you, that was a mayhem festival. That was a rock star mayhem festival, was it mm-hmm. not? I think we left that part out. Yeah. Um, 
man, that triaminic taste and shit. All right, well, oh, man, that was trash. They had they had like a chill out tent that they were just handing it out. It's like nah, 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 miss me with that shit. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you couldn't hand out Dixie cups of fucking regular rock star. But, no. uh, but uh, look, to be fair, uh, we're 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 pissing on these sample uh, discs a good bit, and they deserve. Uh, much of the tinkle but uh, i i found i found a, a this weird little hidden gem and um the main reason that i found it was because um there was an the, the employee that dubbed off all of our all of our promotional music uh was especially keen to the like largely like operatic metal like I, I mean, I like to call this shit, it's like post-apocalyptic, like, it's it's so, it's so, like, musician-driven, like, I mean, after I got, after I drew an affinity from this song, I started listening to things like Dream Theater a little bit more, and caring a little okay. bit more. like, uh, even, uh, even into, uh, like, even to the more intricate guitar playing, um, guys like Joe Satriani and stuff like that, it became a little more important after that. Not, not specifically because of, of him, but because the song sort of rattled my cage in a different way that most people probably would have picked it up. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a blind guardian song. Um, It's called, the song is called uh, carried the blessed home. It's from 2006 uh the it's from the album a twist in the myth um if you if you say you never heard of blind guardian it you're you're not alone uh no i hadn't but uh yeah i'm not. probably gonna dig in it's funny you say uh dream theater and satriani and steve Vai and stuff because yeah. i got that immediate feeling from it you know like it feels like a theater rock metal thing going on you know like you could imagine uh dragons and epic shit going on behind them while this is playing yeah you keep the the recurrent word is epic behind behind this this style of music um and and it's and it's uh this this track follows like follows suit very well um it's it um but it's a it's a it's a tale it's winding Okay, uh, so a lot of these, a lot of Blind Guardian, what Blind Guardian does um, is story based. So um, there's, again, from from the they're a German band from 1997. They started as as this like just kick around band called Lucifer's Heritage, and they did not do anything per se as lucifer's heritage like that song is equal parts horrible and amazing at the same time right and and even even that like nobody's going to see any of the like nobody's going to see this band no matter what you call it like like (laughs) like based on that like you have like you have to have a base knowledge in them or you have to know what they're about at this point and or you have to know what like what what they're what they're about and this particular track um like many other tracks it's uh it's all fiction based lyricism uh because a lot of their stuff is based on um like different authors uh Stephen King uh uh, uh Tolkien uh Mike Morrock uh Robert jo- Robert Jordan 
Um, the, the, the very, very first lead singer is a guy named uh, Thoman Stock. Um, he was gone before this song was actually in production, but most of like most of the, the, the backbone of this band uh, was fostered through his like through his interest in fiction and and telling a story and like when i heard this the first time i heard this song i i it was dangerously close to saint patrick's day in 2005 uh because again they send this stuff out way like way before the stuff is actually i'm sorry 2006 so even though even though uh uh, the, uh the twist in the myth album didn't come out till I think it was April or May or something like that. Um, I, I listened, I had heard this song prior to it and uh, there's something, whenever you listen to the beginning of it, it's, I, it's not, I, again, it doesn't start with a bagpipe or anything like that, but there's definitely a, there's a string instrument that brings that, that brings it in. And there's just this Stein swilling kind of like, just like funny Irish brogue that, that, that brings like, that brings this song in like, and like, I, I get that this is, it's a spoken word for the first, like, 10 like i'm sorry first 30 seconds of it it's pale faced the innocent will drown in blood hurt and withdrawn don't dare to steal my grief in this haze of green and gold he's gone and then all of a sudden like there is this like silly fucking like like operatic wave of like metal and like I swear it feels like red ale. Like, it feels like Killian's yeah. just like, like hitting me in the back of the neck where it's just like, like, where is your Stein motherfucker? You <laughs> need, you need to be drinking Jameson to this. Like, cause I mean, it did again. And I still can see through the mist to the very end. And there I will face, I will face what I fear the most. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, like you have got a sword in your hand and you have got, I don't know, you've, you've, you've got a, you, you know, you got a dragon in front of you or you've got something in front of you that only alcohol can help you with. You know, and, it's and funny it's, when I first listened to this, just to interject this quick before I forget, just to uh, call back to what you were saying about fiction. The first time I was listening to it, I imagined I should be drinking homemade fucking mead, mead. and honey and, wine, baby, and reading fucking uh, the the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. And you even mentioned Jordan there in his uh, inspirations. And it's like, well, I I got that feel from it. You know, I should be drinking out of a horn and fucking dancing around and reading Robert Jordan. So, yeah, you could be like, you could be 13 or 14 and, and like, and just, just on this, you know, on this this you know, it could be for your family or dude, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're a fan of the dark tower. Like you could be, oh, yeah, you, could, yeah. you could definitely be, be climbing this, this fucking misty ass mountaintop, not knowing what you're going to hit, you know? And it's, and again, I, I, I give credit to Jimmy for this. Like, like, I don't know where this kid's at right now, and God knows he, he was he was into so much more of this stuff than I can 
even get into, I mean, the whole bit, he was into Sonata Artica. He was into, um, oh my God. I just, I mean, I, he, he had, I mean, these guys, these guys have six albums. Um, and, and he was, he was into like, I mean, he would like articulate how good, <laughs> like, like the early albums were against what, uh, uh what, uh, whenever Hansi Kirsch took over the <laughs> vocals for this, for this actual, for this, for this song, for this album, um, there was, uh, you know, the, this, this album actually sort of like it, it, it indicated the removal of like that whole sort of Lucifer heritage, Lucifer's heritage kind of feel to it, but kept the, it kept the backbone in place. It kept the, the, the spirit of it in place. If you yeah. So, I mean, and again, I'm, I, again, it's not a situation where I don't think everything necessarily has to like it. Like I, I'm not take, I'm not transported, but I can't go a St. Patrick's day, which by the way, I mean, we are in the eyes of March at this point. Uh, you know, we're approaching St. Patrick's Day rapidly. And I don't know that since 2007 that I've skipped listening to this song. Uh, you know, I, I, that I makes me Patrick's feel good that I, I don't know how to quantify what you just said, but that makes me feel good. It's become part of your mythos at this point. That's that makes me happy. Yeah, I, I mean, if I were to if I were to say that, I mean, because I, I, I don't give I don't put too many things to to like to time. You know, I, I like you may you may say, OK, well, I mean, when I was like, I remember something happened and then I listened to that song. But if you want to talk about just like if you were talking about calendar stuff, it's not really there. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I try to listen to Halloween by D, by Dave Matthews on Halloween you know, but I, I mean, I, I've gotten away from that, but I mean, I will be listening to the drop kicks and I will be listening to carry the blessed home, um, on, on Tuesday, the 17th of, of March this year. Uh, and it's largely because of the introduction of this. Um, I mean, I, it's, I think that's the great thing about heavy metal parking lot. Like you don't necessarily, like you're not standing necessarily always in the, in the place where you thought you'd be whenever you hear something that changes your life like it's it's sort of it's sort of um god damn uh, that's that's so much more profound than you probably thought it sounded to me but i mean it made me think of another song that's going on my playlist yeah for real i mean yeah because i mean you don't you don't know how things are are, are, are gonna are, are like are gonna affect you like i remember sitting i remember sitting waiting for census fail to play um in scrant in 2000 and i think eight or 2009 it might have been later than that i was waiting for census fail to play and most people would say that they were listening to the end of black bill's bride um god knows why they would do that but 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 i in the in the adjacent fucking um uh, uh stage like literally stage left there's this three piece that came on that either had the soundboard from from hell and i've probably talked about this on dfc or or they just absolutely bring the fucking roof down but they made i set i set my friends on fire made black bride sound like they didn't belong there <laughs> and 
and, they didn't, but <laughs> right. And they, to be fair, they didn't. They they did not belong there. But they also they also like they made the best of their opportunity, and they didn't expect anybody to be sitting in front there. Maybe you know, like maybe maybe there were kids there that were trying to get out of the heat. You know, maybe they were just trying to eat their waffle fries. Maybe they were just trying to like avoid sunstroke. Maybe they were just reapplying their fucking screen at that point. You know, maybe their feet were sore. Whatever. They got a fucking show that they have a story about. Yeah. And that's what that's what all that's what the heavy metal parking lot to me is about. It's about it's about bringing light to shit that people haven't heard, people aren't listening to. And if you are, you're right there with us. And, yeah. you know, hopefully after this, you are with us. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, I, I mean. Chills, dude. Yeah. You just, I, I mean, the, the catalyst for this is I hope to give some of you the chills that I get when I hear certain songs. And Derek just talking about that gave me those fucking same chills. Like, that, that's. That's our goal. I mean, we're uh, gonna throw songs at each other. Maybe uh, you know, might be a little harder to take than other songs. I mean, I might make him listen to "Behind Blue Eyes" by Limp Bizkit <laughs> or something. No, I'm not gonna do that. But um, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna challenge each other with stuff that we may or may not know. Like uh, this was definitely a challenge for both of us this episode, but I think we're going to be over that hump now and we're ready to drive some heavy metal parking lot down your throat. Yeah. This, this has a, this has a permit to fucking take over the pod game as far as I'm concerned. I agree. So yeah, let's, uh, you know, again, let's, uh, let's make sure that our verifications on the dash. Um, and we need a, we need a, we need a car cover. Don't we? We definitely need a car cover at this point. Because we're going to be hanging out for a minute, aren't we? Yeah. Don't forget where you fucking parked. <laughs> uh, we're in, uh, what, DFC lot? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Don't forget right. where you fucking parked. All right, we're going to play that song. We will see you next time. And uh, thanks for checking us out. Later. <laughs>